0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 370, air date October 9th, 2018. Ledger, Uh, the fundamental reason I'm running is because I believe that the spirit of America was based on everyday working people being in politics, not career politicians, not lawyer lobbyists. And what's happened to this country is that we have a massively corrupt system where there's only two parties who re- represent less than 40% of the people, for example, in the state, and they're not composed of people who actually worked. You know, I uh, came here as a legal immigrant from India, went through the public school systems, earned four degrees at MIT, started seven companies, creating thousands of jobs in Massachusetts. I represent the everyday people who work for a living. And those people deserve representation in Congress. And um, that's why I'm running, and and uh, we can talk about the policies, but the fundamental issue is that we need a government by the people, for the people, not a government by the establishment of two political parties, the Democrats and Republicans, who do not represent the working people anymore in this country. And uh, do I have the right that you uh, initially pulled papers to run as a Republican in this race? Yeah, it's a great question. So my background is, uh, you know, I've been a political activist since I've been about 17 years old. I never liked each political party, either political party. I learned something very valuable when I was 17 or 18. I think it was uh, 1984. You may remember this, I don't know how old you're, Neil, but do you remember when Jesse Jackson ran Mm -hmm. for political office? There were two candidates, uh, Ronald Reagan and Walter Mondale. And a number of us who were very uh, interesting activists, or interested activists, we thought Jesse Jackson was one of those guys who was against the establishment. But if you remember at the last minute, he gave all of his votes to Walter Mondale, choosing the lesser of two evils. So what I learned at that time was that both political parties are really part of the establishment. And then real change in this country has really taken place by everyday people. You know, women didn't get the right to vote because of the Democrat or Republicans. In fact, the Democrats laughed at Susan B. Anthony or civil rights. It wasn't Lyndon B. Johnson. And so you have change agents, and then you have a third more insidious element, which I call the not so obvious establishment. That's what Jesse Jackson was. And in the last election, the reason I got involved uh, in electoral politics, which I never thought I would, was because here you had the establishment, which was Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And you can see how all of the establishment came around her. The Romneys, uh, the Obamas, uh, the Bushes, everyone. You can imagine over here uh, was Donald Trump. Whether people like him or not, he was an agent of change, and he was representing everyday working people, blacks and whites, and and in between that came Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. who was really not part of the not so obvious establishment, who was really the left arm of the party to bring the votes back into the establishment. And in Massachusetts, you have the same dynamics in this election. You know, I ran as a Republican, with all due respect, uh, as a Lincoln Republican, and you found out that you have Charlie Baker, who was and the mass GOP who got so afraid of me, in fact when they brought me in for an interview, they were railing against me why I voted for Trump. That was their question. And so I could see in November the writing on the wall that they already had selected Jeff Deal as their puppet to be Charlie Baker's stooge and a deal was struck that he would get to be lieutenant governor and he would not run against Baker. Mm -hmm. So we saw all of this, anyone who's on the inside starts seeing what's going on. And so we dumped the Republican Party and we went independent, it was the best thing we did. Mm. But it is a fact I gave the Republicans a chance.
1: Um, sort of jumping ahead to something else I want to ask you about. Um, but let's do that. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned uh, the website repjeffdeal.com, um, and uh, I saw your, and I, I haven't done enough uh, to research your claims about um, what role, if any, he played in uh, the Trump campaign in Massachusetts. Uh, But I did want to ask you what evidence you have that the uh, Republican Party in Massachusetts is colluding with the Democratic Party in
0: Massachusetts. It's a good question. And and the deal is colluding with Warren. It's a great question. Look, um, anyone worth their salt of studies politics knows that the, particularly in Massachusetts, there's one party. It's called the Democratic Party, and they have two faces. You look at Charlie Baker, he's taking selfies with Elizabeth Warren. His politics are not conservative Republicanism. Uh, Jeff Deal was a longer Democrat than he was a Republican. He voted for Joe Biden. These are just you know, points of fact that have been already talked about. Where it gets even more insidious with a guy like Deal is just like Bernie Sanders was used by the establishment to bring people back into the mainstream Democratic Party. That's the purpose Deal serves. Now, the most insidious thing is you should talk to Vincent DeVito. Mm-hmm. The Worcester Telegram has reported this, and the political front page. And we have the official letter, which is on rep, R-E-P, mm-hmm. com. There's a letter from the Trump, Donald J. Trump campaign, referring to Vincent DeVito as a chairman, right. period. But that's
1: not
0: what I'm asking you about. Well, no, I'm, I'm t- well you need to understand. So yeah. why would the mainstream media,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is the liberal mainstream media, which we've told them over and over and over again, sent them to the documentation, keep referring to Jeff Deal, as a chairman and co-chairman. Ask yourself that when they have the facts in front of them. And the only reason for that in this beautiful cartoon that Ben Garrison did, mm-hmm. who's a, a big Trump loyalist, yep. which has the two-headed animal, Republican Democrat, and deal-riding Warren along with it. Yep. If you actually have the facts that a guy is not the chairperson, why do you promote him? Their only reason being because you're colluding, because they're afraid of Shiva Ayadure, who's a true Trump loyalist, and they want to steal votes away from me. Deal has no Wait. interest in, in uh, defeating Warren. Mm-hmm. He exists to build his brand equity. Right, so I, I understand that claim. I'm asking about the evidence behind it. Well, uh, first evidence is the fact that you actually have a document that says Vincent DeVito was a chairperson. That that's document- not, That's not the, the thing that I'm asking about. Well, do you me. want to defend Deal then? I don't know where your I question I'm just, is. I'm asking,
1: well, is, do you well, have any evidence we, we, we've
0: We've given the mainstream media the evidence that he's yeah. not the Trump chair. Okay. So if you have evidence, that Michelle, for example, did not commit a crime or did commit a crime, and you it, it write the opposition to it, and you're a part of the Demo- Boston Globe. With mm-hmm. all due respect, they printed the the three white candidates on the Republican Party, and they left my picture out. You know this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, that's called collusion when you actually have a candidate who is actually listed as a Republican candidate. This is on October 17th. This is a this is a, a Democrat mainstream media, and Dutt de- puts deal who had just announced puts Lindstrom and King uh, Kingston, who had not even announced puts three pictures of the three white Republican candidates, leaves my picture out Mm -hmm. so that is the establishment Boston Globe who is trying to manipulate the perception of people Mm -hmm. that is called collusion and when I wrote to Jim Sullivan, I said a racist uh, Boston Globe leaves out the darky, it went viral on the internet he calls me at home and he goes, why did you call me a racist I said, you put the three candidates of the Republican Party and you left me out. So that means the Boston Globe wants to try to manipulate who the actual Republican candidates are. Mm-hmm. So that's why I can I ask a more specific question. A, a, a more specific claim you get, you
1: make about uh, Baker promising deal that he can be his lieutenant yes. governor in
0: 2020? Yeah, so what you should do... So is, is there some evidence supporting that? Well, it's called people within the Republican Party who've shared this with me at the senior-most levels, and you guys should yeah. go do investigative reporting so on somebody, it. So
1: somebody has
0: told you this? Multiple people have told me okay. this. this. is So let's look at the facts on that. Charlie Baker... I, I'm, I mean, well, if, no, so, I'm, if that's what you're saying... Well, no, somebody, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm not saying... saying I, think, I think what we need is we need real journalism. Mm-hmm. In 2014, as you know, there was an election. Mm-hmm. Charlie Baker... Uh, was running against a guy called Mark Fisher. Now, as we know, to get on the Republican ballot, you need not only 10,000 signatures, but you need 15% of the delegates at the convention. Mark Fisher went into that convention, the Republican convention, April of 2014, uh, with nearly 30% pledged to him. And you can do your own research on this. I've, I've looked at the data, I've looked at the spreadsheets. You know what he gets at the day of the Republican convention? 14.9% and you can talk to many people There their ballots being shredded I've talked to military personnel over there, Na- Navy SEALs and Charlie Baker and the mass GOP was colluding against Fisher. Now Fisher filed the lawsuit and he won and Cooner and people like uh, Howie Carr attacked Fisher. It was a complete uh, hit job on him. Mm-hmm. So this year or this past election, the 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 deal was that Deal was going to run against Baker. Baker didn't want the same nonsense that took place in 2014. So he struck a deal with Deal telling him, I'll back you for Senate, mm-hmm. don't run against me for governor. That was a deal. Now what should happen is the mainstream media should look at what I put forward, go talk to people, and and off the record I'll give you names of people to go talk to, to mm-hmm. verify. but. So when I saw that happening, I knew that they had no intention of putting me on the ballot mm-hmm. and if they the, and by the way, this is not only Massachusetts you can talk to people who ran in Connecticut mysteriously, people get below the fourteen below the fifteen percent mm-hmm. so this is a way that the party controls access to uh, you know uh, keeping outsiders out mm-hmm.
1: well and uh, I know this issue of, of whether uh, he did with the Trump campaign or
0: not? He did serve with the Trump campaign. There yeah. was one week uh, where he was apparently sent a Dean Cavaretta,
2: mm-hmm.
0: who well, sent I, a response. You also have on the website that uh, he, he doctored
1: a photo to make it look like a Doctored he had, a photo. We
0: had a forensics expert yeah, look at it. I saw it. that. I saw take, that. So, take, so there's, my, three my hands, there's three hands in the yeah, picture. So I saw that. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, my question to you is, is to what extent is this election for you about? who's more loyal to Donald Trump, you or Jeff Deal? Well, that's only a
0: small part of it. The po- point here is, if you look at Massachusetts, uh, 5. 6, about 6.2 million people when I last looked, maybe it's mm-hmm. a little more, 5.5 5 million eligible voters, which means over the age of 18, right? So if okay. you have a big, concent- a big circle, that's 5.5. 5. Within that, 4.5 million people are registered to vote. Within that, only 3 million people actually vote meaning are active voters to some extent. Uh, of that three million, seven hundred thousand people vote in a presidential year, uh, meaning, uh, and, then, uh, and then the 2.3 million people vote in a presidential year
2: mm-hmm.
0: and a midterm, mm-hmm. okay? And by the way, this hasn't changed historically, plus or minus 5%, and we have all the data, we've looked at, them. I'm a big data guy. What's interesting about that data, 60%, nearly, by 2020, it's going to be 60%. Right now, it's around 57% of Massachusetts citizens who are registered are unenrolled, okay, or what we call independents. Only about 40% are Democrat or Republican. Um, so when you look at the Trump, the reason the Trump election is interesting to bring out, when you actually look at the data, mm-hmm. guess how many people voted for Donald Trump that were Republicans? I assume you'll tell me. About 200,000. Okay? Mm-hmm. Guess how many people voted for Donald Trump who were independents? Eight hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So people always say, well he didn't you know, Hillary got two million, he got one million. But what I'm fascinated by is the million that voted for Trump, eighty percent were independents. Mm-hmm. And in fact those independents, as you study it, are anti establishment. They weren't voting for the Republicans or the Democrats. Particularly when you consider Charlie Baker on the eve of the election as he was voting, right. or on the day of the election, front page Boston Globe, I'm not voting for Trump. Mm-hmm. So independents essentially go either way. And they, in this case, they were anti-establishment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Very much like the people that Jesse Jackson or, or was bringing up anti-establishment or Bernie, right? At the last minute, they sold them out. So the the tactic of the establishment, and by the way, when I mean the establishment, to be clear, is I'm talking about Charlie Baker, Elizabeth Warren. Okay, he's part of the establishment. So and we call him dirty deal, <laughs> Mm -hmm. Deal is a creation of Charlie Baker to suck back the Trumpers in this state back into the mass GOP. And I think this is very, very important for them. And so when we list on that website, that A, so how do you do that? A, you say that he was a chairman of the the Trump campaign. Now it's, it went from co-chair to chairman. It's fascinating, Mm -hmm. right? Before it was co-chair, got away with that, so now it's chairman. The second thing is, You position him initially against Baker, which is what he was, if you remember, before the convention, he didn't sign the pledge, and then right after the convention, he endorses Baker. Mm -hmm. You try to associate yourself with Trump, so you Photoshop a picture. Mm -hmm. You have a Saudi lobbyist who's his campaign head, which has been widely talked about, and part of the way the Boston Herald, where Holly Robichaux works, is to put something out and then suppress it very quickly. And the fifth part of this is that you have a guy who actually was a Democrat. He voted for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Longer Democrat, longer than he was a Republican. In fact, the same year that Warren switched from Democrat and Republican to Democrat is when Deal switched from uh, Republican to Democrat. Mm-hmm. So when you put all the facts together, how can you assert this guy's a Trumper? He's not. And if you talk to Trump loyalists who are right. on the ground... So, but my question was, to what extent is this election
1: about who is the biggest Trumper? Well, well what is whatever. Trumper?
0: What is a Trumper? Okay? Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. you know, know, showing loyalty to him as the individual, because I don't know, I've never met. I'm talking about the phenomenon. As a person, a scientist who studied politics, the Trump phenomenon was a huge growth of people, Uh, poor whites, uh, uh, everyday people were tired of the fact that both parties weren't serving their interests. And the media, the mainstream media, was actually fake news. That's what, and Trump was on there attacking, those three elements: Republicans, Democrats, and that, and that represented what I call Trumpers, anti-establishment forces. So you're talking uh, about Trumpism more than I'm talking. Yeah, Trumpers. The yeah, like if you talk the he bodies more than yeah, I don't know Trump, Donald like, Trump, right? right. Uh, you know, uh, but I can tell you that his his election in 2016 was a significantly historic one. I have a lot of my friends at MIT who were pissed off that I voted. I've never voted before until I voted for mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Because in him, I saw someone who was going after Democrat and Republican. And
1: Can I, I thought ask that was you a good that thing. question in sort of a different way? What, why, um, you know, speaking to voters, why should they vote for you instead of Jeff Deal?
0: Well, I don't even know why Jeff deals. Jeff Deal's is not the issue. Jeff Deal is, is is a loser. He's set up to lose. It's the issues. Why should they vote for me over Warren?
1: Well, nonetheless, there are going to be three names yeah. on the on right. But Jeff Deal's not and, the issue and, here, and presumably, a lot of people will have their. Mine made up of well, the, I th- the well, I know so the Patriot we, Ledger we, we, is so
0: pro-deal, right? Is that fair to I, say? Absolutely. So I don't want... Corner, I have no... Well, I've seen your articles, you know, anyone looking at it, come on, let's be honest. Um, so this is not about Shiva versus Deal. This is about 5.5 million voters, and we are bringing out people who've never voted before. Mm-hmm. Jeff Deal exists to steal votes from the Trumpers back okay. in the GOP. So it's can not I, about... Can I just stop you? Yeah.
1: So you're campaigning, you're talking to voters.
0: Uh, we talk about Warren. What's that? We talk about Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Go to our... When they're,
1: when they're in the ballot box, because like I said, many, many people have their opinion about Elizabeth Warren made up,
0: so... I don't think so. You don't no, think so? No, so, no, you're, no. so you're not, you're not trying to... No, no, no. no. Go, go look at the last, if you believe in polls, mm-hmm. so let's, again, look at facts instead of making up stuff, because if you look at the suffolk Boston poll, they looked at likely voters. Okay, <laughs> this is what how they, how, they, how they rigged the polls. Who are likely voters? They're the 2.3 million who vote in a midterm election, which is a very small set of people out of the 5.5 million. And that's called your very likely voters. Mm -hmm. Then, if you look at one column, they said, we also talked to somewhat likely voters. You know what the numbers were there? 28% Warren, 24% deal, 14% me, 35% undecided. And among the undecided voters, I get 25%. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about is that there's a huge set of citizenry who we're energizing to vote mm-hmm. who have never been, Neil, uh, involved in the voting process in this, and this is why the Democrat-Republican oligarchy is so anti-democratic anti-American because they take the 5.5 million and mm-hmm. they squeeze it down to the small subset in a midterm 2.3 million mm-hmm. and all these other 3 million people are left out of it and all the polls are done here, it's called sample size statistical bias. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going on. So the real issue is who are our voters? Well our voters are people who are really pissed off that Elizabeth Warren voted for the Monsanto Protection Act. I spent 12 years of my life exposing Monsanto. Mm -hmm. They don't give a damn about Deal, Deal doesn't even know what Monsanto is, where genetic engineering is. Mm our voters are people who are concerned about free speech in this country and the violation of Google and Facebook and that I actually have a solution because of the Postal Service that's this other 3.2 million people and that Elizabeth Warren gets funding from Google and Facebook our voters are people who are really questioning what was the Trump movement mm-hmm. and want an anti-establishment force and they're starting to recognize that Jeff Deal is a baker stooge. Well, so, let me ask, so uh, you were in East Boston yesterday
2: you're
1: talking to voters. You, you never have voters come up to you and say uh, listen, I, I'm, on, I'm on board with you 100%. I hate Elizabeth Warren, but I'm not sure whether to vote for you or Jeff Deal. No,
0: we never have that conversation. That, we, no, we get that very rarely. What we get is more uh, this conversation. How come you have not been reported in the mainstream media?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How come the Boston Globe put the three pictures of the three white guys and left you out? Mm-hmm. How come Howie Carr put Deal on there and doesn't put you on? Mm-hmm. That's what we get. Where have you been? Because right when people see my credentials, Mm -hmm. You know, a real American, came as a legal immigrant, went through the public schools, got four degrees at MIT, started seven companies, produced thousands of jobs. How can you compare this guy to Elizabeth Warren as a lawyer lobbyist or a failed sign salesman? Mm -hmm. They wonder, how come the mainstream media is actively Mm -hmm. hiding you? How come they haven't put you on the debate stage? And what is going on to this country? That's what we get. I mean, you can ask Richard here and Michelle. We were just out there. At, in fact, at East Boston. That's right. And a young girl who's Richard's daughter said, Let's Shiva debate and asked Deal, How come you, you and Warren are, not, are keeping him off the debate stage?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you don't feel like you're campaigning against Jeff Deal at all? No, if anything, we tell the truth about Warren mm-hmm. and we tell the truth about Dirty Deal, who is an arm, uh, is promoted by Warren. Look at the email campaign. you actually. Look at the email campaign. So you, you actually, it, so the you email feel campaign. like you're running against them together. And you so, nailed it. It's, it's, okay. You nailed it. So that's why that Ben Garrison cartoon, I don't know if you've seen it. Yep. It's an awesome cartoon. And this has been the recurring process in American history. That's why Trump, Trumpism, as you said, it was a, such a phenomenon. It was going after, remember Trump uh, was going to run, I think he did run in the Reform Party, remember that? Ross Perot. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a 43% of Americans across the country are declared independence now, declared. Mm-hmm. In Massachusetts, it, by 2020 it will be... Sixty uh, percent. Uh, the oh, I think eighty percent of the millennials are saying that they're going to register independent. People mm-hmm. are tired of this two-party system, and 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 uh, and I think that's a real opportunity for media. The reason many of the newspapers are becoming irrelevant is because they chose one one of the other parties. They don't see this trend taking place in American society, mm-hmm. which is people. Are wa- I, look, I went to one of the biggest. Uh, as you know, I'm into science and uh, nutrition and all these things. I went to one of the biggest health conferences. Amazing data, of the 70 million uh, millennials. Um, you know what the big difference between them and the baby boomers are? Mm-hmm. These people want truth and authenticity in advertising, marketing, everything. Mm-hmm. So that so so the young millennials, and particularly that now I think they call them the Gen Z are particularly interested in truth, you can't really fool these people anymore. They can see through, be it Warren, or be it, you know, Dirty Deal. They can see through them. They're starting to see, whoa, wait a minute, the guy's not allowed on the debate stage. He got 20,000 signatures. That's un-American. I mean, it's like climbing up to the top of the Himalayas, and then now throwing in something else. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's it's, it's a civil rights violation in many ways. 60% of people are independents. We got on the ballot. In fact, as you know, we sued. Uh, we have a lawsuit pending, uh, preliminary injunction against UMass and the debate people who put, mm-hmm. put us off the stage. You know, what the judge Where, starts in federal court. In federal court, okay. And uh, so, so you know, you're looking at someone who fights for free speech. I didn't see Elizabeth Warren or Jeff Deal at the free speech rally. I didn't see them defending us when the. Uh, city of cambridge said we should take off the sign only the real indian can defeat the fake indian i sued on behalf of the people of massachusetts and we won a landmark federal lawsuit that was in the middle of this campaign can i actually ask you about that yeah. um because uh you mentioned the cartoon it's in all of your
1: ads it's on you know all your social media the uh, real indian and, fake indian right and uh, specifically referring to warren as pocahontas
0: and well, we, re- we don't refer to her as pocahontas we refer to refer to this as a fake indian it's a very uh, a distinct difference. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the reason we do that is, you see, what's fascinating is when we put up that uh, symbol on the bus, mm-hmm. the first symbol we had is Be the Light. Uh, by the way, our school bus, I think you you may have seen it, right? Yep, absolutely. And then the next thing we had was Fight for America. Uh, two weeks before, the, the, or, I'm sorry, the night of the St. Patrick's Day Parade, like a couple million people show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at 4 in the morning our team was out there and put the new thing it says Shiva uh, the picture of me the meme of me and Warren yeah. in our headdress and only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian the reason uh, and by the way we, we went to the St. Patrick's Day Parade um, you can see it millions of people cheering us on mm-hmm. everyday uh, working class people white and black the reason that meme is so powerful and by the way I think PhD thesis will be done on this mm-hmm. uh, is that It's not about race, it's about integrity. But it's even more deeper about that when it comes to race, we are, Scott Adams, you know who does Dilbert, had me on a show, he goes, Mm -hmm. you know, you've hit upon something quite brilliant. He goes, your ad there is bringing up the need, an invitation to have a deeper discussion about race in this country. So when we're at Whole Foods, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of liberals at Cambridge will come up. And the vocal minority who come up will start screaming at me, calling me a white supremacist. Mm. It's fascinating. And I said, look at my skin color. And and I'll say, you know what? You don't want a dark person on the ballot. And they go, what are you talking about? Because we've shattered something in them. The white liberals in this country, white liberal racism, I call it, have configured racism to say, basically, their view of not being racist is don't use the N-word, don't use... Confederate flag and change the name of Yawkey Way. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end, you have the Republicans who said, don't speak about racism, because if you do, it means you're making excuses. Now in between that is a real definition of racism. And Shiva Ayyadurai's definition of racism is this, it is using race for one's economic and political advancement. And that's coming from a dark person. And by the way, these other two definitions come from probably about a handful of people out of Harvard University, Mm -hmm. and for far too long in American history, we haven't had a real discussion about race, and it is probably one of the most central issues in the Gallup poll. Mm-hmm. It's the second most important issue. So Elizabeth Warren is a racist, and this may be hard for liberals to comprehend. She used affirmative action. Mm-hmm. Affirmative action was a gain of the civil rights movement for political advancement, and we've been hammering on that. So what does the Boston Globe do? They, you know, enlist a, a reporter to do a 10-page treatise. Oh, she didn't get into Harvard because of being a Native American. It's the most Dumbest thing! They must think we're all stupid. I've been on review boards. I used to teach at MIT. Mm-hmm. No institution. I'm sure the Patriot Ledger is not going to say, "Oh, we hired Richard because he's Native American." Mm-hmm. You're never going to say that, or we hired <laughs> Shiva because so, he's black.
1: So, because you're starting to say, so, so the meme is about what you're saying. It's that
0: about integrity. The definition of racism. It, it's about it's it's two things. Economic advancement. Yeah, it's it's about integrity, mm-hmm. and it's about really that. We put the headdress on our purpose, because that's what she did when she listed herself in 1986-87 in that faculty directory, Mm -hmm. right? She used race to get advancement. Mm -hmm. And anyone who knows this can observe that with a rational mind. That's what people are upset at. Now, racism also occurs the other way. When you have the right-wing, quote-unquote, Republicans, right-wing people point blacks as the issue. It happens Mm -hmm. both ways. So, Boston Globe leaves out the Mm darky, okay? And just wants to talk about how poor whites are the problem. Mm -hmm. Over here, you have the right who points at blacks being the problem. They're all criminals or Mm -hmm. they need to be incarcerated. So in America, you have the people in power use race war Mm -hmm. and they never address the fundamental issues. So that's why you have the average net worth of a black person is eight bucks in Boston. Think Mm -hmm. about that. It hasn't changed. So so so-called, in all of this inclusivity and diversity, the average, if you look at the balance sheet of a black person is eight dollars. And God forbid you say anything in support of a poor white person whose infant mortality is going like this on a curve, right, while the rest of the, the developed nations are going like this. If you talk about their opioid addiction rates, then you're called a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. So they have you bucketed. And, and so a dark-skinned American guy like me sure should not be a so Trump supporter, sure should not support white, you know, poor whites, mm-hmm. and sure should not be calling out Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden as racist or Elizabeth Warren. That doesn't compute. Because mm. they have put people into very nice buckets, mm. And that's what independents are. We think independent-minded. Yeah. Right?
1: So, so I, I think I've got the, the idea. But let me ask you about the message. Because Because sure. uh, many Native Americans find the use of Pocahontas uh, in a... In a We're not using right Pocahontas, way.
0: So We're not using so, Pocahontas. So if I look... I, which may, may You can look. Never if I look them. over your social media, you, you don't, don't look. find we Pocahontas can, anywhere. You won't. Go look at it. If mm-hmm. if, if there is, it may have been something supporting Trump, but we have used a message, fake Indian. Yeah. And it's real is, is versus that
1: deliberate to not use Bokanas because. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's
0: yeah. I because that has other. We use real Indian versus fake Indian. Right. We call real and fake. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, fake deal, dirty deal. Right. It's a very particular message to talk about the fact that we live in a society now. You have fake news. You actually have invisible mm-hmm. news too now, but. You have fake science, and I know this as a scientist, you know, I have four degrees from MIT, including my mm-hmm. PhD, I've published a lot in major journals that people who publish get tenure at any major institution. Mm-hmm. So what's happened though in academia, we talk about fake news, mm-hmm. there's something also that I've coined the concept of fake science. Mm-hmm. Behind fake news, today journalists don't do scientific research, they simply cut and paste. I'll give you an example of fake science. Monsanto. Uh, Monsanto as a company. If you are, even a friends of mine at Cornell have said, Cornell has the biggest agricultural college, you could be a Nobel Prize in biology, and you say anything against Monsanto, you'll be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So what do I mean by that? Uh, Monsanto's genetically engineered foods have no safety assessment standards. I was the first one to expose this in a series of six research papers. Mm-hmm. Now I was able to do it because I made a lot of money running my own companies. I started my own research foundation. I wasn't at the 10-year golden handcuffs of a lot of professors mm-hmm. um, because you have to play the game. It's pay to play science now. So you write articles saying, oh, Monsanto's foods are safe, Mm -hmm. and the fake news media simply cuts and Mm pastes. Now, after we did this, the news came out about a professor at the University of Florida being paid off by Monsanto to be their spokesman. News came out about a professor at Harvard, was literally cutting and pasting Monsanto's uh, ideas in papers. Mm -hmm. So, what I'm saying is the concept of fake goes beyond just fake Indian. Mm-hmm. Fake, Elizabeth Warren, by the way, did fake science. Mm-hmm. Bigger than her being a fake Indian in 2005, she wrote a paper, which is uh, basically, she, has, she said the reason small businesses go out of business is because 42% of them because of high medical bills.
2: Mm-hmm. Then
0: in 2009, in the American Journal of Medicine it's amazing, this woman has no degrees in medicine, mm-hmm. gets to write in the American Journal of Medicine mm-hmm. saying that 62% of businesses, small businesses because of high medical bills, those two papers, Neil, mm-hmm. because it has a Harvard logo on it and the journal prestige of the American Journal of Medicine become the two pillars that are used by Obama
2: mm-hmm.
0: for, the, for the Obamacare thing, saying, we need to get everyone on big insurance. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Academics are the fake news behind fake news.
1: So this is actually, this is great, because this, this segues into exactly what I wanted to ask you about next, um, which is, because I want to talk about uh, your platform.
0: And, and great. Yeah, missions. definitely. And in- We've in- had to do the fake Indian <laughs> real and thing. It's our great ad campaign. <laughs> but then let's talk- Yeah, let's people, talk about some missions. When people That's talk about here, our right? platform, people say, Jesus Christ, this guy has brilliant ideas. But we've had to go through all of this mm-hmm. just to even get on the news, because- the uh, the collusion between the Democrat and Republican media is to keep the darky out, and I mean darky in a broader sense, dark matter. You know, the universe is I think only five percent matter; mm-hmm. the other 95 percent is dark matter. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what we have. You know, there's all this dark matter of people who don't participate in the electoral process.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but yeah, so to get to issues. So, uh, I was looking through the you know different sections of your website, and you have um, what I assume are pretty uh, insane descriptions of, of your, your uh, position on different issues. And the
0: th- We have the thread- so many videos, man. I we I, have, I didn't videos, have a chance so to get through yeah. all the videos.
1: Uh, the thread that I kind of see through there, and, and I assume it comes from your background as a scientist and an engineer and an innovator, uh, is, and tell me if I have this right, but the kind of the thread I saw there was, uh, get government out of the way. Uh, and, and science, engineering, innovation, will save us
0: from uh, many of the issues we face. Climate change, uh, is, is that-, is yeah, that yeah, yeah, well you're, you're almost there, but, but I, first of all I appreciate you doing that. So let me tell you, so I, I look at the founders of this country, mm-hmm. right? And I'll tell you where I'm precisely coming from. The founders of this country, first of all, were scientists, engineers, blacksmith. Um, at the time they were developing their ideas. They were children of the Renaissance, right? Or the children of the Enlightenment, okay? Mm-hmm. And the notion of the Enlightenment was if you believed in something called a creator, whatever you viewed that, Mm -hmm. and then there was the individual. And the notion of the Enlightenment was to remove barriers between us as a product of the universe Mm -hmm. and our creator, so we could have the full uh, idea to experience life, Mm -hmm. right? And the notion also was that we were also imbued with the aspects of the creator, right? This Mm -hmm. was sort of the philosophy. So the idea was to remove those things so we could have a direct relationship with our creator. That was the foundations of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Now, where does that come from? Well, as a biologist, I can tell you where it comes from. Mm. If you look at your body and my body and everyone's body in this room, we have about 10 trillion cells. Those cells, biology has shown, are what are called self-organizing systems. They work bottoms up, and they communicate among each other to create what's called an emergent property called a human being. It's called the property of emergence. Um, This is very different than the fascist model, which Mussolini's advisor came up with, and he said something interesting. He had a notion of the cell, Mm -hmm. the human body, he said there's a central command and control and it tells all the cells what to do. It's Mm -hmm. bullshit. Mm -hmm. Excuse my language. It's actually the other way around. It's a bunch of cells work together to, it's bottoms up, Mm -hmm. so it's called a self-organizing system, and that's how the universe actually is organized, and that was the Nobel Prize that was given to Progroni in 1957. Mm -hmm. So I base it on that. So if you go to that aspect, my view is that from the time you got up today and the time I got up today, I probably made a hundred different decisions for myself. What clothes to wear, what to eat, no government was involved in that. Now if we let individuals, we believe in the humanity and that concept, and let individuals make decisions, I believe they will self-organize. Mm -hmm. into all sorts of things that we don't even know about Mm -hmm. So to experience fully what what it needs to be a human being, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Let a thousand flowers bloom. And out of that, so many new ideas and diversity will come. And out of that is where you create a very diverse ecosystem of human culture. Mm -hmm. And when you start putting that as Democrat and Republican, right? Or into these divisions, oh, in a, in a, are you for abortion, against abortion, so four mm-hmm. issues. Are you for or against abortion? Are you for or against transgender rights? Do you believe in lower taxes, higher taxes? Okay, great, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat. Yeah. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Now, that is missing the complete totality of what it means to be a human being. And so, what I believe at a fundamental level, it comes down to, um, again, if you use, you know, wood is a composite fiber, I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. It's made up of a bunch of materials which come together. So strength comes from not just a salad bowl, but diverse objects melding together. That's why composite materials that we build, aircraft wings, Mm -hmm. were a major discovery. Mm -hmm. So what does the establishment do today? Well, they wanna have central command and control, fascism. So they limit discourse. You have a finite set of Republican, Democrat, don't let Shiva on the debate stage, Mm -hmm. right? God forbid, we don't know what he's gonna say, Mm -hmm. or what he's gonna bring up issues, just have very secure issues. You reduce the level of meritocracy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is what we see, and you put in loopholes into laws. My parents left India because America was known as meritocracy. Mm-hmm. It was a land of integration where you, the best ideas survived, and you had rule of law. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we have now? Well, well, sanctuary cities, it's okay, mm-hmm. right? So that means, so then you take people who are actually doing immigration, you stick them in the back of the line. So we, we don't have rule of law. Harvard University, You know, it's a complete, it's all a branding game that they do. 30% of their admissions are legacy admissions. A lot of dumb rich kids get there. And you know, I'm going to be speaking at the Asian American, you know, there's a Department of Justice ruling that the courts are going to move forward with it. Well, so what do they do? You do support diversity, which means skin color, but you have a multiracial aristocracy now. Mm -hmm. So it's seen that you're inclusive and diverse if you let people in just on color, but not on meritocracy. Mm -hmm. You see, so this is occurring, and even professors at MIT, I hate to say it, after an undergraduate, I realize a lot of these people were here, not because they were smart, but because they played Mm -hmm. the game. Mm -hmm. And you look at our political system. Why is a guy who has four degrees from MIT, got 20,000 signatures, started seven companies, actually created jobs not allowed on the debate stage? Mm -hmm. And two, in my view, dopes are. Mm -hmm. One woman who lied to get into Harvard, right, uh, faked... You know scientific papers as I just said Mm -hmm. and another guy who's a failed science salesman couldn't win a state rep seat promoted and the the American who mowed lawns Mm -hmm. you know played baseball was valedictorian you know salutatorian in his class number one you know won every major award at MIT is not
2: Mm -hmm.
0: what is going on in this country where is a meritocracy Mm -hmm. and so but in nature the, you create diversity and you create the best, and the society moves forward, so, um, so like, we, we've forgotten that. you know. So, so let's take the extreme, let's say Harvard was all filled with Asians. Mm-hmm. Let's say that happened. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Well then, let's rise to the occasion. You know what? Mom and Dad would say, study hard. Mm-hmm. What we've done is we've lowered standards. Okay, Richard is saying in Cambridge they've taken away AP classes. Mm-hmm. Give everyone awards. Give everyone trophies. Yeah. This does not create a great society. What it does is it creates mediocrity. It creates, you know, as the old British had, they were all, you know, um, ha- you know, they, it was all inbreeding. Mm-hmm. And that level is growing on even in nature. Monsanto inbreeds plants, mm-hmm. and they're making less powerful plants, which can't stand viruses. So we so it's a whole systemic thing that's taking place end to end. These institutions are creating. conditions where we're not supporting meritocracy, we're lowering standards, and that's why I'm running. So, and I want to ask, because you're talking about uh, Monsanto, for example,
1: and uh, uh, as a man who uh, has spent his life with engineering and science and innovation. uh, And and activism. And activism. But but I'm setting up a question, which is, uh, you know, a lot of people feel that science is under attack days, that there's a lot of contempt for science and critical thinking um, among, uh, you might say, Republicans. You might say, um, President Trump himself. Uh, but do you, do you feel that? Do you feel well, that? Well, I, I think science. The way well,
0: you? well. So here's it's a great question, by the way. Uh, I always say there's a big difference between science and engineering. Let me tell you the difference. Mm-hmm. Scientists gather data yeah. and they and they look at their data and then they do use statistics. Mm-hmm to fit a line to a curve, mm-hmm. okay? So let's say I have a bunch of dots that go like this. Mm-hmm. I could fit a curve like this, or I could fit a curve like this. Climate change is taking place, climate change is not taking place. Scientists can lie, mm-hmm. engineers cannot. Mm-hmm. L- you see, if you build an airplane that falls out of the sky, that's engineering, mm-hmm. right? Um, you build a car and it doesn't work, that's engineering, mm-hmm. right? You, you, your, your business gonna, you, you build a piece of software, it has bugs. Engineers cannot lie, mm-hmm. scientists can. Mm-hmm. And this is a fundamental would, would difference. It, would I be wrong um, to say that engineering is built upon science, though? Engineers built upon scientific, scientific principles, so for example, mm-hmm. uh, Bernoulli's principle has existed for many years about the fact that if you have a wing and airflow goes under the wing, right. that you'll get a normal lift. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a principle. But now go try to build an airplane, okay? Yeah. Just because you know that principle doesn't mean mm-hmm. there's various designs, you have to figure it out, and it took years for us to understand that principle and actually build a flying machine. So I'm sorry, I you. If so I'm saying, my point is, there is science mm-hmm. which people can gather data and they build models mm-hmm. of the known reality of the world, and then there's engineering. And I think the reason science is under attack, legitimate attack, is because there has been fraudulent science. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I would do, for example, I would pass legislation that if you're an academic and you write fraudulent papers with government funds, it should be 20-year prison sentence. Mm-hmm. We do this as Wall Street people, but we do not throw academics in prison when they do fraudulent science. They get a slap on the wrist. Because remember, I grew up in India where we had a caste system. Mm-hmm. We were considered the lowest of the low, and you had the Brahmins, the priesthood, they were on top. That's what we have in America. You don't see any, those, those scientists who've run, written fraudulent papers against, about Monsanto, mm-hmm. they should be go to jail. A- anyone who has written fraudulent papers about climate change should be in jail. Mm-hmm. But we, we do not attack these people because presidents come and go, but the, uh, their advisors from Harvard are mm-hmm. always in the background. Mm-hmm. Right, so so in many ways Harvard has an enge- hegemony and I pick pick on them because they're here
2: mm-hmm.
0: on, hum- on thought and human narratives when if you actually look at it Harvard is a 40 billion 50 billion dollar hedge fund mm. so and it,
1: uh, speaking of climate change because I know what you say on your website that it doesn't really matter whether you believe in climate change or not it's
0: irrelevant right. That's irrel- the but, issue but is you want to lower pollution so, does
1: that, so my question to you is
0: then: do you, do you accept or do you not accept the science Well, well here's here's the deal uh, Cli- uh, climate change has mm-hmm. been occurring since the Big Bang took place. Right. Okay, there's been various cycles of climate change. Okay, right. the issue is what's causing that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you and I could a- argue that until ad And What I do talk about, they have a great video up there that I did, mm-hmm. is that that the guy who started this thing about the Earth's temperatures rising because of human intervention, mm-hmm. he had set the temperature, the average temperature in the late 80s as 15 degrees, and he was saying the temperature is going to go up. Mm-hmm. Well, it went down in the 90s to 14.7. You know what he did? In a footnote in a New York Times article, he changed the the new, the 14 became the new 15, 15 became the new 14.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He, ch- he changed the average temperature to 14. What I'm trying to say is that if you look at the video I did, that Those in power, when money is involved, they can use anything even good for manipulating truth Mm -hmm. for profit. So Al Gore, the IPCC, these guys created carbon credits, Mm -hmm. and it's an equity. And if you actually look at the Paris Accords, it has nothing to do with lowering pollution. It allows China Mm -hmm. to go from 11 billion tons to 22 billion tons. How is that reducing pollution? Mm -hmm. It's actually allowing China to pollute more, because when they achieve 22 billion carbon tons of pollution, Mm -hmm. then 2013 is when the carbon... Tax gets in, and all those people have been trading that equity. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're going to be trillionaires. Mm-hmm. So this is basically saying pollute, 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 and then we're going to make money off you mm-hmm. with carbon credits. And I'm saying let's use innovation to lower pollution. There's a, and I'm a big proponent of clean air, clean water, and clean food. I'm the guy who believes that we should clean up the food supply. We should, uh, you know, go after companies like Monsanto. Mm-hmm. We need to, there's amazing innovations that are coming out. Uh, one of the students I met at MIT and how you can clean up the plastics out of the ocean, right? Mm, right. Um, there's amazing things we can do for actual pollution, right? But it's not going to come through the Paris Accords. Mm-hmm. The Paris Accords is going to make you know Al Gore quite wealthy, mm-hmm. right? It's basically about supporting this swindling mm-hmm. of telling people it's okay to go pollute. Well, because
1: um, like, I I, I, I want to get I, I do I want to get health yeah. I, into your platform. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I take your, um, uh, your argument that issues are far too often used to, you know, pile people under different labels uh, in terms of, you know, your support for abortion or what have you. Um, but when, when you are in the Senate and bills are coming to you, on um, uh, what issues do you see yourself furthest from Elizabeth Warren and Jeff Deal?
0: What are, the, what are the Well, the let, issues with yeah I, so so first of all the way we need to approach issues were how the founders of this country did they mm-hmm. looked at every problem where Lincoln did right Lincoln yeah. had to bring divisiveness people together and it was always looking at things very rationally and a very these are complex issues so let's take gun violence mm-hmm. okay um, One party says I believe in this by the way I believe in the Second Amendment yeah but gun violence is a what I call a complex systems issue like all of these issues so when you look at gun violence, it's not like, I'm a proponent of the Second Amendment, right? Let's give guns to every man, woman, and child, okay? Let's, mm-hmm. That's one yep. I- issue. The other issue is, let's disarm everyone, it's killing our kids. Mm-hmm. Well, if you actually look at gun violence, first legislation I'd support is, let's do in the next six months, nine months, let's fund research to really look at the systemic issues that uh, have driven gun violence. And I would argue it's a multiplicity of factors. One being the fact that we don't enforce existing laws right there, that are already there. Number two is um, it 's been shown over and over again when people come off antidepressants right, mm-hmm. which a number of kids are on the, the behavior of violence goes up and, and there 's papers written on this um, there 's also the fact that you we live in a violent culture, man. we live in a culture where both political parties support the military industrial academic complex. We send young. 17, 18-year-olds to go fight wars in Iraq mm-hmm. and, and tell them to go bomb Syria, etc. and those same 17, 18-year-olds come with PTSD and one student with PTSD affects, or one person coming back with PTSD affects a hundred people in their community, right? Mm-hmm. So we have violence systemic in this country, which is part of the war machine. So mm-hmm. I think we should do research in that. So I'm saying mm-hmm. the difference between me and both of these, frankly, people who who should not even be repre- who are such a low basis, I take a systems approach mm-hmm. to these problems. And we need to, so we really go to the root cause. Mm-hmm. Let's take another, another issue like immigration. Sure. Okay? Uh, both parties don't really want it. By the way, Trump is, Trump is part of the enforcement, executive branch enforces the laws. Mm-hmm. So it's not about him. I'm going into Congress. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of the Senate is to craft laws, and, and, and Congress is not interested in solving the immigration issue. Mm-hmm. One segment makes money off illegal immigrants, right? which mm-hmm. is low wages, and the other segment gets votes from them. Mm-hmm. So none of these people are incentive, incented to, do, mm-hmm. to really solve the immigration issue. Mm-hmm. If we really want to solve immigration, we have to understand that we do exploit illegal immigration. And we've never, as a country, ever, for example, Mexican immigrants, mm-hmm. we never gave them clear clear citizenship. Mm-hmm. The, so the left, in some ways, aspects of the left are true about that. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to address the fact that we have to solve this issue. So I would impose a rule, mm-hmm. right, that no one should be taking a vacation in the Congress. Let them get on a whiteboard, like you have a deadline, I have mm-hmm. a deadline, and you cannot leave until you solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And that. What, pro- what
1: would an immigration solution this, look like? What
0: does that mean? Yeah. So, the, so I think it should be in the spirit of what America was built on, mm-hmm. and it should be by rule of law. So, for example, um, first of all, you can 't take people who actually are in the immigration process mm-hmm. who 've applied and stick them way at the bottom of the line that 's what we started mm-hmm. doing. Some people who are applying for their green cards now have been shoved seventy five years behind when you actually mm-hmm. look at it mm-hmm. so first is let 's look at all the illegal immigrants, which is a legacy we have mm-hmm. let 's take all the people who are really criminals you know how crimin- they should be sent out yep. now let 's look at those people who are actually maybe they 've been working really hard. Mm-hmm some period of time. They haven't committed any crime. Let's put them on a path to immigration. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? That's tax revenue. And when one calculation I did came to close to about a quarter of a trillion dollars. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's good for Americans if they've been good citizens, but they don't get to go the top of the line. They go at the bottom mm-hmm. and let them start at the bottom and come up. Mm-hmm. I mean that's sort of the fundamentals of this issue. Mm-hmm. The third aspect. So it sounds like
1: built into your understanding of the solution is some compassion for people who. You have to have, have compassion. Into the,
0: okay. you, look, America was built on compassion, right? Mm-hmm. But it was also built on rule of law. So you have to balance that. Mm-hmm. And you it ha- sounds like you acknowledge that,
1: uh, given the broken immigration system, there were those in power have been encouraging. Illegal immigration. They have
0: you said, uh, yes. Industry so relies in, on it. Industry. I mean, yeah. if you look at the balance sheet, the P statement of many of these companies, yeah. go to. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to hit on Harvard. I think most of the Hispanics and the Blacks are cleaning the toilets. Okay, mm-hmm. and we should look at you know how many of them come from what backgrounds they come mm-hmm. from and who's. You know, so what I'm saying is both parties and the elites have been using illegal immigration. It's been a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. So we can't go blaming illegal immigrants Mm -hmm. for illegal immigration when the Congress of the state and the elites in this country have been using Mm -hmm. illegal. So if you want to solve immigration first, you can't leave Congress, no more vacations. Mm -hmm. You sit there and you craft the laws. Mm -hmm. You cannot leave, right? That should be the spirit of the principle. The other thing is we should support merit-based, skill-based immigration because what we've done is we talk about him look my parents came here so i this is very personal to me Mm -hmm. my parents came here in 1970 Mm -hmm. my dad actually uh had to submit all of his resumes you know he had to submit reference letters Mm -hmm. he was an engineer my mom was a mathematician and that's how they came my dad came first we had to wait about a year before i could come so we had to wait in line Mm -hmm. so i think that's honoring that it's a privilege to come into this country. And I think my parents are absolutely... You expect that, right? You you try to get a visa to go to India, you have to get a visa, right? So we have to honor that. But we also should recognize that the establishment and the government has not been honoring the immigration policy themselves. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean you penalize all these people either. Obviously, criminals and those people haven't... I think they should be sent out. Mm -hmm. But you come up with a tiered model that is compassionate. Mm -hmm. But... Makes it actually valuable for this country because you get a lot of tax mm-hmm. revenue. If I can ask just ask you about yeah. some other questions, but, but I want to go health. Some of these here. are going
1: to be sort of culture war questions, which okay. I also you know. wanted to go
0: to uh, policy wise. I want to come to health because I have a very powerful solution yes, for solving health. Um, what,
1: what is your position on abortion?
0: So here's my position on it. Yeah. That is a so uh, I believe there are two lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, looking at it very rationally. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the epithelial does form within three days, mm-hmm. right? there are two lives involved here. Mm -hmm. So anyone on the left who says, oh, it's my decision, you know, it's only one life. Well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. There are two lives. There's been a hundred biological papers written on this. So I believe there's two lives. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, uh, in the rare cases, right there, my view is abortion should be rare. And any woman I've spoken to who's had an abortion, they don't feel good about doing it, right? So on the one hand, it's a personal decision, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, no, that it's not, it's not just your life. Mm -hmm. From a pure uh, systems understanding of biology, there are two lives involved. That's Mm -hmm. my position on abortion. And I'm not going to take pro or anti. I'm saying that this is a very important personal decision, Mm -hmm. but there are two lives involved. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Interesting. Uh, But it, it sounds like that understanding allows for some... I'm saying, I'm saying
0: I'm I'm saying, saying, the left and right tries to bucket everyone. Right, and, right. And issues in life, right, like gun violence... At the, at the end like of, the a, of the day, the only votes available to you as a senator are yes and no. No, that's not okay. true. That's what I'm trying to say. No, no, no. What I'm trying to... What, when you vote on something, yeah. but you can vote on things and you, you can take a systems approach to this because the 70% who don't, 60% who don't participate mm-hmm. are actually people like me and you talking right now. Mm-hmm. They want to have discourse. And I believe many of these issues... We need to have open discourse Mm -hmm. on them. We don't have enough discourse in this country anymore. Mm -hmm. We need to really go into some of these issues, Mm -hmm. and I think out of that will come compassion and understanding and truth.
1: Um, You you, you were talking about the Senate being the body that that crafts legislation, but of course they're also the body that confirms uh, judges, and I'm just curious what your, your thoughts were about the recent confirmation.
0: Well, well it was, first of all, Kavanaugh's, you know, from a pure uh, scholar standpoint, from a poor, he's more than qualified for that job, right? Mm-hmm. What took place, though, was completely, in my view, outlandish that took place in this sense. Uh, and I have a very interesting view on this, um, meaning separate from Kavanaugh on his credentials he should be confirmed in my view right mm-hmm. but what we saw took place was again the establishment of Republicans and Democrats a lot of people are actually disgusted by both both, both parties mm-hmm. what took place in there because if you really think about I think both of these people are not everyday working people be it Ford or Kavanaugh mm-hmm. right they, they went to a pretty elite prep school right mm-hmm. they're not your everyday working people and in fact most of those people in those chambers weren't working day, everyday working people and I a, what, I, what I felt was that in some ways both of them on that personal issue mm-hmm. were not being true, okay? Mm-hmm. Meaning this, uh, here was uh, Ford, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know her history, but if I were on the Senate Judiciary Committee, mm-hmm. just on a personal mm-hmm. note, I said, look, what was a 15-year-old doing at this thing?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Let, let's just step back. If, if, what was a 15-year-old woman doing with these frat boys? Mm -hmm. Okay, if that were my daughter, I'd be pretty concerned, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, you want to now, later on in life, 40 years later, point to... I don't think they were frat boys. They they were still in high school at the time. Well, but but I'm saying, quote-unquote, frat boys. You know, getting drunk and having... You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
0: And the, the point I have is that... On the one hand, you're bringing up... I think they were 18. 18 and she was 15. I
1: mean,
0: when I was 15, I had 18-year-old friends. No, no, but what I'm... Yeah, but I'm saying that the point is that it's a pretty significant thing to go to a a party, right? Mm -hmm. I would just ask her that question, right? And then later in life, point the finger and say that I was sexually assaulted by these people, right? I mean, there's a contradiction Mm -hmm. there. And this is a larger contradiction. It's a cultural issue, Right. The other thing is he kept amazing notes for himself, right? Beautiful notes, said I'm a Catholic boy. Well, you also got wasted yeah. and no one could you don't even remember where you went. That's yeah. a little bit contradictory, right? Yeah. So what I see is on a very cultural thing. People, you know, a lot of people go to prep schools. I'm sorry. They can get away with a lot of murder. Yeah. You know, and their monitors and they have an entire culture which protects them. Everyday working people do not have that. If you do something bad, you get your mug shot, you get arrested, you get records. Mm-hmm. So my point is that there's a, a bigger issue here, separate from, I would have you know, said Kavanaugh should have been mm-hmm. confirmed. This whole, what we saw was a cultural issue take place here
2: mm-hmm.
0: and a whole drama and theatrics, in some ways it has nothing to do with the American people. Mm-hmm. It is this whole thing about a, one rule for the establishment and a ru- another rule for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the conservatives came to the aid of Kavanaugh, people here locally, oh, but yet those same conservatives you know, put up a picture, a mugshot of me, which was outright dismissed. You know, I was outright dismissed. A woman had done this to two other people, but those same conservatives who today support Kavanaugh, were trying to use that mugshot. And by the way, Jeff Deal had paid Howie Carr Mm -hmm. to do that to me. Mm -hmm. Jeff Deal, conservative, who now supports Kavanaugh and say this was wrong. So these are the contrary. Howie, uh, what was it, Charlie Baker's son, molested a woman on an aircraft. I don't see anyone yeah, reporting not. on this. Yeah. So um, what I'm saying, I see contradictions as maybe it's because my journey as a person of color, maybe my journey as a working class guy growing up in New Jersey, and I see these contradictions. There's a rule for the establishment, mm-hmm. and there's a rule for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, health care. So healthcare. look, my entire life has been really focused around health as a researcher, as a scientist, as someone who's passionate about it. I grew up in India where my grandmother was a village healer, Mm -hmm. she worked 16 hours in the fields. By the way, the traditional ways, be it in America, Ireland, all over the world, was you always had a village healer. Mm -hmm. You went to the local doctor who took care of you. Mm -hmm. In India, they practiced traditional systems of Indian medicine. My Mm -hmm. grandmother could observe your face, figure out what was going on, and she'd come up with combinations. It was personalized medicine in in, in those days. So I've been very interested in medicine. When I came to the United States, as you know, I, I, I came here in 1970. By the, by the age of 14, I'd completed calculus, ended up working full-time at a medical school doing medical research at the age of 14 where I invented the first email system. Mm-hmm. When I came to MIT, deeply interested in medicine, but I was profoundly upset at the fact that the modern medical system triages people. It really comes from wartime medicine. You mm-hmm. take a person, if they have a headache, you may see three specialists. Yeah so recently medicine is trying to figure out precision medicine or personalized medicine so a lot of my life has been focused on preventative medicine mm-hmm. and doing medical research so my solution is based on what i call real health and and what that means is a recognition first of all that the entire discussion of healthcare does not include this fundamental recognition that we need to lower the cost of healthcare. care and what why is it, in fact We have created a system that perpetuates high costs in healthcare. Mm -hmm. So you have a collusion between big insurance, uh, big hospitals, and big pharma. It's this triangle of collusion, and at the center of that collusion, which many Americans do not know because it's, it's not even discussed in the press, are called GPOs, Group Purchasing Organizations, and PBMs, which are the pharmaceutical equivalents. These two organizations control the supply chain of medicine from the manufacturer, to the CVS's where you get it, on this, they're the three PBM's, or the GPO's that control everything that occurs in the hospital. So if you walk into a hospital, every object in that hospital, the stapler that's on the nurse's station, to the bed pen to the catheter is controlled by three GPO's. Mm-hmm. Those GPO's starting around the late 90's, early 90's and early 2000 were given the rights to do kickbacks. They're the guys, the middlemen, in the earlier form, they were ways to, to lower costs mm-hmm. by hospitals being able to aggregate. A quarter of a trillion dollars in waste right there, mm. up to potentially half a trillion. And they're allowed to give kickbacks to hospital